Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to Andy Staples on three, your instant reaction edition. It is Saturday night. I'm here with Jesse Simonson from On Three. We uh, we just watched a Saturday that was uh, it was way more interesting than it probably had any right to be. Uh, we could start in Corvallis, probably where I was maybe yelling, "Run the ball!" at my TV. <laughs> I was yelling, man, where's this Washington defense been all season? Because well, I, I, I the mean, Washington it, defense right. made a lot better by throwing the ball deep along the sideline when you've been running it down their throats all game. And you like Oregon State had time. They were down two. They had like five minutes. Just right. run your offense. And and instead they put the ball in DJU's hands, who had and he had rainy conditions or not, he was not having a good game. And I mean, he wasn't even close on those last yeah. couple throws. Not even no. close. And this was, this was a chance for the Beavers to play spoiler, and and you know they, they kind of gnawed their way to, to a close loss. But it was it was disappointing just because, yeah. yeah, it was disappointing because they had a chance. I mean, they you know they had all sorts of miscues in this game, Andy. And like you said, they had the ball with the chance to win the game. You snapped the ball over your punter's head, safety. That ends up being the difference. DJU throws two interceptions. You fumble the ball inside your own 20, which sets mm-hmm. up a Penix touchdown. And yet you have the rock and you don't give it to Damian Martinez. The ball was very slippery most of the night. The rain had stopped by the fourth quarter, though. And, and so right. that that was more impressive that Michael Penix didn't go off in the fourth quarter. The Oregon kept Oregon State kept him from doing that. But Washington's defense was very impressive. 
And this is like all the credit in the world needs to go to Washington. I know I just complain about Oregon State's play calling, but for Washington to get through this gauntlet that they've gotten through is really impressive. So good for them. If they keep winning, they're in the playoff. They've got to play against Oregon and we'll see what happens. I think, I think, I mean, teaser, Andy, you know, I, I come out and I have to do these college football playoff predictions each week. I think they're going to jump Florida state. We're going to talk about what also happened with the Seminoles tonight, but the fact that Washington got another top 25 win, um, albeit not overly impressive, but that doesn't matter. You know, a win's a win. And, and, you know, they got out gained. They didn't even gain 275 yards tonight. I mean, Michael Penix normally throws for that in the first half, it seems like, in half these games. And obviously the conditions played a large part in that. But they win again. They remain flawless. 18 straight wins for, you know, Kalen DeBoer. It's – I don't know if they're a top four team, but they're a top four team, you know, with their resume. Yeah. And and via in the chat with a, a good point, the safety – ended up being extremely costly. That was when they snapped the yeah. ball of the punter's head in the first quarter. Uh, Washington's only offense was the Dunes A, yeah. Uh, the thing about it is, if you're going to win a national title or or even make the playoff, you got to be able to win games in different ways. You can't just win games the same way every single time because eventually you'll run into somebody who can, who can beat your style. But Washington proved that they can win that kind of game tonight, and I, I think that's probably the most impressive thing about that performance. It is. It is. Unfortunately, I think for the rest of the country, there's there's a team in Athens that's just yeah slowly going on a death march. That mm-hmm. I'm not sure it matters what it, what all these other teams are doing right now. Uh, but to, again, let's give credit where credit's due. They went on the road, hostile environment. Corvallis was a hornet's nest. You know that rain did not uh, slow those fans down at all. That place was buzzing. And, it, and, and they were able to hang on. And so, again, I think that they, their resume continues to look better and better each week, especially when you got Oregon, who's just splattering teams. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the fact that that remains probably what – it's either that or Texas's win over Alabama is the best win of the season. Huskies now are this, sitting pretty. If this were the SEC, we'd be talking about how when they lose to Oregon, they'll both get in, but it doesn't work that way. They're going to have to keep winning. Like, no, if yeah. Oregon beats them. Oregon's going to get in, and they're not. But well, Oregon's got to beat Oregon State next week. So let's we'll cool our our jets on that one first because that is a the Civil War. Now there's talk of maybe them trying to keep playing the Civil War, even though they'll be in different conferences. But this one's going to mean a lot, given what, especially given everything that's happened with Oregon State in the off season and and this season as they're trying to, to battle this out in court for the Pac-12. So absolutely and big one. May, 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 and who knows? Maybe even Washington will, will get a, a little bit of a friskier Apple Cup. It looked pretty damn frisky against Colorado. Yeah, Washington I mean, State like, did. you know, that was a team that was a top 25 team, what, first six weeks of the season, and yeah. they just completely fell off a cliff. So if Jake Dickert has kind of found something with that group, I mean, obviously Colorado was Colorado at this point, but even that, that game I think now at least looks – a modicumly more interesting, yeah. you know, than it did before everyone went to bed on Friday night. Now, a game I did not expect us to be talking about, but we are here. Here we are, Florida State, North Alabama. So 
here's how this game started. North Alabama goes up 13-0. Jordan Travis scrambles, appears to break something in his lower leg. It was a gruesome injury. Everybody knew it was serious right away. They take him off the field, and he's he's done. Now, Mike Norvell said after the game that he's not got any updates tonight, but let, let's be real here. He's not coming back this season. So you've got Florida State's got to go to Florida where it's going to be two backup quarterbacks. He looked like Graham Mertz broke his collarbone in the Missouri game. But then you also have Florida State playing with a backup quarterback, Tate Rodemaker, against Louisville in the ACC championship game. Jesse, do you think they're going to get out of this unscathed? They got two more. Do you think they can win them both? I don't. I mean, the I, I, it's hard. I mean, like, think about how much Jordan Travis does for this team. And, yeah, they rush for two, I think, like 250 tonight against an FCS opponent. Keon Coleman will will likely be the best player on the field in both of those games. But if you don't have a guy that you're – if you at least have some uncertainty about who's throwing him the ball, then that leaves open the door that you could lose the game. I mean, Florida played – now, maybe they'll be so gutted because they didn't win, but this is a team that that played an extremely inspired performance tonight at Missouri. Yeah, that's, that and might now, be Florida's and, best game all season. Yeah, and now, and now, you know, can they lick their wounds and come home and fight for a bowl game against a team in Florida State that that is trying to keep its playoff hopes alive? I think you and I both agree. We've talked about this several times on these Saturday night shows. FSU cannot afford a loss. No, they have no, to remain. They have to remain. Uh, you know, undefeated. Louisville didn't look all that great against Miami, but but they found a way. And that'll at least be a very competitive game, you know, if the likely circumstances are Jordan Travis's loss for the season. Well, and it, it makes it a lot more interesting. And, you know, it, I think there's a lot of teams probably crossing their fingers on that one because if Florida State is to lose, they're out, the ACC's out. And then all of a sudden, if you're, let's say, the SEC wanting to get maybe two teams in or the the two Big Ten teams wanting to both get in. Well, maybe it, maybe the door opens up if Texas were to lose or if, if, you know, Oregon loses to Oregon State but then beats Washington. But it definitely opens up a spot or two. Well, I mean, in terms of the big picture, if you want to do 30,000 foot on this, Andy, I think for the playoff, I think Texas absolutely needs to start putting up some style points the next two weeks in the regular season finale against Texas tech. And then in the big 12 championship, because I think you and I both agree what happened in Tuscaloosa should matter. But with the way these two teams are playing right now, would it really surprise us if Alabama beats this Georgia team, if they don't leapfrog Texas in the rankings, if Oregon goes and splatters Washington, Washington. would they not leapfrog Texas in the rankings? There, there I mean, is I, that. I, think, well, I, I think the Longhorns absolutely have to start kicking this thing in high horse. And right now it seems like they're just kind of stuck in a, in a, in a certain gear. I mean, they are they're, They did not look overly inspiring tonight against Iowa State. Well, let's talk about that because Texas wins by 10 at Iowa State. I think if we, when we see the success rate chart, the our friend Parker Fleming's how bad did we really get beat chart, we'll see that Texas – had a lot more successful plays than Iowa State. They just were shooting themselves right. in the foot over and over again. Uh, the worthy return that got brought back because of a penalty. Uh, Two touchdowns negated. 
it was a, a worthy fumble late in the, uh, you know, right before they scored. So yes, that was, they, they played well enough to win by more than they did. But the problem is when they keep doing this stuff, they're going to run into a team that will beat them when they do it. And it would probably be in the big 12 championship game if they play like this. Yeah, specifically. And we'll, you know, there's all sorts of uh, bananas, you know, galaxy brain tiebreakers going on in the big 12. I know you had some folks on this week on the show, trying, trying to, explain we tried to, to a fifth grader uh, simplest solution, but I, I don't, Texas does not want to see Kansas state. And Kansas State did not play that well tonight, but that is a team that absolutely would put the fear into the Longhorns. Um, you know, we'll see about Oklahoma State. They remain kind of the inside track, but Kansas State rallied 11 points. They win their 15th straight uh, Sunflower Showdown. Chris Kleiman, man, the guy just figures out ways to win games. Yeah, and that was a fun game. It was back and forth, a bunch of lead changes. Lance Leipold did a great job with Kansas in that game too. Uh, you know, I know the Kansas fans hate me when I say this, that Lance Leipold probably getting courted by some people. Lance Leipold's getting courted by some people, guys. Now, Kansas is going to try to keep him. They're going to try to pay a lot of money to keep him, but uh, he's doing great. I, I think Kleiman is is probably going to get the tires kicked on him by a few people, too. But, I'd say so. But like I said with him, he, he may have a quarter a special quarterback for the coming years. You, you don't leave unless you – it's a really, really good job. So – this and, was, and, and they could be the class of the Big 12 next year. They sure could. They sure could. I'll, I, I, we'll see if Jed Fish is at Arizona, but they could be pretty good in the Big 12. Utah True. will be good in the Big 12. But, man, Kansas State looked great tonight. I, I was worried about them there in the fourth quarter, but they Will Howard let them back. And I just that, I think you're right. I think a, a K-State-Texas game, that's the one Texas needs to worry about the most. Although I will say – Give credit to Oklahoma State because I thought after what happened last week, which was horrendous, they, go down 20, they went down 23-9 to nine to Houston and wind up winning 43-30. And really, I don't know about you, Jesse, I, fig- I felt like by halftime that Oklahoma State had that under control. They had. They had. And then there was the Ollie Gordon show in the third quarter. He scored – or the second half, but really the third quarter. He scored multiple touchdowns coming out of halftime. He ended up with a buck 60, I think, three scores. Bowman kind of rebounded, responded from his pick six to throw for over 300. Just to circle back real quick to Kansas State, you know why they scared Texas, Andy? Why is that? Is because they are a team that, unlike a lot of these other Big 12 teams, they do take advantage of your mistakes. Kansas today muffs a punt, goes for a touchdown. There's a, you know, they have uh, another miscue. Uh, block was it a mixed extra point that went for two points? Mm-hmm. You know they blocked it and, and ran it back for for two points. They Texas just, did that to Iowa State too. They did. They did. Texas did do that. And that, and that was actually a flip in that game because it would have been what it was thirteen to ten, and but then it was fifteen nine. Yeah. Uh, but but Kansas State just they're they're well coached, it, and they just take it when you're when you make a mistake, we're gonna pounce, and and that is why if I'm Texas, I think I'm rooting to play. Oklahoma State. Vi says Texas A&M needs to take a look at the Kansas coach, so Kleiman and Leipold. They play tough with lack of crazy talent. True, and that's what you imagine. Like, could what would they do with the kind of talent you could have at Texas A&M? I, 
We'll see. I, I think I think Texas A&M is looking for a shinier toy, but I think they'll certainly kick the tires on both those guys. I, I, I agree with that. So let's go to the, the team that we are fairly confident will wind up in the playoff no matter what. <laughs> let's take my graphic away. Backwards. Hashtag. Backwards. Willie, Wonka, Willie Wonka reverse it. <laughs> well, yeah, Georgia went to Tennessee and just absolutely splattered Tennessee. It didn't seem like it would go that way at first with Tennessee scoring right off the bat, straight up the middle. Dolly Parton was in the house. You were like, oh boy, this, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the crazy one today. But no, Carson Beck and, and Georgia's offense just ripped through Tennessee's defense over and over again. You just you just flashed the graphic, Andy, of, of Brock Bowers, and he had a monster game. But but the the difference today, or or I don't even think the difference, but like I think one of the stories for Georgia today is that yeah, they might not have a first round talent at receiver like Marvin Harrison or Keon Coleman, um, Roma Dunze, some of these guys. They, they, do. they just Brock have, Bowers. Well, they it's but but what I was gonna say, the difference is they have six or eight other guys aside from Bowers, who yes, will be a first rounder. They had six or eight other guys who can just step in on a dime and get open. Lad McConkey is hurt, sick, doesn't play. So Dylan Bell comes in, hadn't had hadn't caught a pass, Andy, in two games, throws for a touchdown. Threw a touchdown play, pass, exactly. Play, plays plays it plays in Lad's spot in, in the slot, catches five for ninety, uh, in a in a score. I mean, Tennessee just had no answers. Georgia faced a second and 21 at one point, first down. Third yeah. and 12, first down. Two plays later, it's a touchdown. Um, Mike Bobo was in his bag. The ball, Jalen Wright, after 75 yards untouched, I think he had 12 yards the rest of the game. That's And that's what Georgia does to you. They get – now, There's the Georgia defense of the past two years would not have even given up that first touchdown. But, but this team still suffocates you. This team will give you something, but then they'll just the blanket goes over your head, and that's the end of that. It's 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 the boa constrictor. They just suffocate you. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. And and they're getting hot while while a team like Michigan. I mean, today I I you know I wrote a column after the game, Andy. I don't know if it's just maybe this was just some warts they had today. You win your clunker, you know, you you, you have a poor game, or is this a team that maybe is running on a bit of fumes? because they've carried this emotional Michigan versus everybody. Well, everybody suddenly seems to be stacking up against you a little bit with, you know, you, you completely are puffing your chest for a week with your school president tweeting out all, you know, we're, we're having to overcome these challenges and all your players are tweeting bet, bet, bet. And then the big 10 then some NCAA interviews go the wrong way. And all of a sudden you're yeah. like, wait, we, 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 we quit. Wait, yeah, what no bet? hearing, no, no, no hearing. Let's fire Chris Partridge. Yeah, what bet? Yeah, no, it's. I, I imagine that a lot of that was at play here. But look, 
Maryland's offense made Drew Aller look like Dan Marino the other day. J.J. McCarthy did not look great in this game. And I'm the one who defended J.J. McCarthy after last week. But he did not look good. And he was 12-23 for 141 yards, no TDs and an interception. Uh, Talia Tungvaluwa had a pretty good game, threw some picks, but, I mean, that's they're trying to to pull an upset against a much better team. That's also Talia Tungvaluwa. He is he is he is he is wild thing for major league. Yes. He yes. he will throw just the prettiest ball and then three passes later it is like what in the world was that throw? Yeah. Great game from Mikey Sanders still not a great game from really anybody in Michigan's offense. I know their their left tackle Darius Henderson was out. They had to do some shuffling on the line. It that won't be good enough against Ohio State. What they did no. today won't. But I will say We've seen Ohio State in that sandwich game at Maryland look terrible and then go beat Michigan. So it's not like this is that unusual. We've seen it from the other side, 2019 or 2018. Well, how about I'll, I'll do you one better, Andy, because I, I wrote this in my column. Michigan a year ago. Does anyone remember that they, they barely Illinois. passed Illinois 19 to 17? Yep. Barely squeaked by. Uh, so – you beat Ohio State, no one's going to remember this game. You lose next weekend. Suddenly, I think this was like, oh, maybe this was the, you know, the teaser or the precursor to, again, is this a program that's just kind of running out of gas because they're, they, they've been dealing with, with so much tor- turmoil and, and off, the se- off the field drama. But I will say, I don't know that they're going to have to deal with that this week unless there's more of the NCAA investigation. But listen. I know people work bankers hours and also remember the big 10 isn't trying to do anything more. So they're not, they're not trying to expedite this. It's the week of Thanksgiving. I don't think anything happens Monday through Wednesday that changes things materially. Like they know Harbaugh is not coaching now. They know Sharon Moore is the acting head coach. They know there's no hearing to save them. Like I would imagine that the Michigan players based on the rhetoric coming from their own people, spent most of last week assuming that they would have the hearing on Friday and Harbaugh would be allowed to coach on Saturday. They will go into this week with no illusions about anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would, I, you're not wrong. And at the same time, I think the fact that, you know, Bruce Feldman and, and some of these other guys are out here saying that the worst is yet to come. And again, you're probably right. It's not going to come on Thanksgiving week. What Bruce said today isn't anything different than we've been saying for a month. For sure. For sure. The, they they didn't take the plea deal in the original case, which was a four-game suspension. So Michigan self-imposed a three-game suspension. So you know, you know there will be more games added on to that case. And then there will be games from this case because – you can yell all you want about Jim Harbaugh didn't know. It does not matter. The way the NCAA rules are written, it doesn't matter. And they've already caught them. They already have it. They don't need to get any more to hit him very hard. So, yes, Jim Harbaugh will probably be suspended for a lot of next season, if not all of it. And Michigan he, may have to do something about that, or he may go to the NFL. We've been telling he, you that for months. We have. And so here, here's here's – Here's the question, Andy. Has he coached his last game already? Because if they no, lose uh, on Saturday. Oh, if they lose. Oh, gosh. You're, 
No, he coached the bowl game. I think he coached the bowl game. You think he would? Yeah. NFL season, the NFL regular season, assuming he wants to get an NFL job, which I I would assume he does, the NFL regular season goes into the first week of January now. You're right. No, you're right. I just wonder if if maybe the – the NCAA stuff gets a little expedited by then, but you're probably right. I'll say why. Right. Why do you expedite it now? The Big Ten says we're good with a three game suspension, so you don't Fair really enough. have to expedite it now. Fair enough. If you're Michigan, you slow it down. You're like, oh no, 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 no speedy trial for us. So, yeah, I this is I I do think uh, Nishant the the in the chat that we just put up the the Illinois game felt like this one. Clearly playing conservative and looking ahead to Ohio State. Uh, loss this week doesn't impact the Big Ten straddle chances. I agree with that. I agree with that. But they will need the J.J. McCarthy that we saw earlier this season and not the one we saw today. He's going to have to be better. The, the irony is, too, I agree. And the irony is, too, Andy, if if we're both right that the slow drip of news, will maybe the faucet will get shut this week because if it's a holiday week, They've already agreed to the suspension via the Big Ten. The irony is maybe that maybe these distractions and pressure and all that it actually goes to the other side because oh no, the, the, the there's a hundred percent the thought right. of Ryan Day losing to an interim head coach. The, there's so much. You what, heard what, Ur- what? Urban Meyer said it himself. He's like, I love yeah. Ryan Day, but you can't lose to an interim coach. Like that's that's the truth. Like Urban Meyer's like, I mean, like, I am ready to take that seat back. I'm ready to come back. If he if he pulls a John Cooper, I'm ready to come back. Oh, I I agree. And look, Ohio State looked awesome on Saturday. It's it's been, been straight. Been a while since they looked this smooth and, and this good, but but they were they were going today. And you know, Minnesota, second straight game, did, they haven't allowed a touchdown. Yeah. So you know, I think. I think this is going to be a fun game, but I am I am really not sure what happens next week because I don't think the Michigan-Maryland game was represented. I do think Ryan Day is under more pressure than anybody wearing maize and blue. I do think the line on this game probably got a little bit tighter today because of the yeah. results, though. It's been, it's been running Michigan by five and a half for the past right. few weeks. We'll I'm see thinking, when, when we'll see what they what they put put it out as tomorrow because that that'll be where it really opens. Um, man, I can't wait for this game though. I cannot wait because it is so high stakes because they did both get in last year. It where they are now with Washington being undefeated still, with Oregon one loss, with Texas one loss, with Florida State undefeated. Now maybe maybe things will be different, but when that game ends at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday next week. We probably don't know what happened. We'll know what happened to Texas against Texas Tech, but we won't know what happened in the Big 12 championship. Like, the loser, it's going to feel like they're done. It's it's hard, Andy, to see a path for whoever loses that game to get in. I just yeah. – because of, like, what we said. I mean, I think Alabama, you know, as a one-loss team, if they beat Georgia, is going to have a more impressive resume. And Georgia will have a more impressive resume than whoever loses his game. So you're already behind, you know, a division winner, especially when one of these teams is not going to even win their own division. Right. Uh, I, I think that's going to be another thing to play off 
committee takes into concern, you know, concern. All right. We've talked about the playoff a lot. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about juiciness, hot seat, rivalry. I don't know if it's hatred, but there's a game that that really got a lot of people chirping. And that was the one in Los Angeles. UCLA beats USC 38 to 20 in what we assume is Caleb Williams' final game at USC. Because I don't think he's playing in the in the Sun Bowl or wherever they go. Uh, remember, they played week zero, so they they had an extra bye week. Put an extra bye week in week 13 in case they made the Pac-12 championship game again. They did not. They're seven and five. And how about this tweet from Dan the Man Mullen? Roasted him. Just ro- here it is. Are we sure they have the right coach on the hot seat in LA? Now, Sin. all last week, drip, 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 drip of Chip Kelly's going to get fired. There was a lot Eminently. of that. Imminently. Yes. And it may still happen, but it may not. But Dan Mullen asks a legitimate question. Not that Lincoln Riley would get fired. But is this going to get better or worse as they go to the Big Ten next year? Andy, that, that you might as well go ahead and invest that a thousand dollars so you can make you know some interest on that money. <laughs> that that's that's how much of a surefire bet that is right now. You so have, Ari you Wasserman and I bet when Link, when Lincoln Riley got the USC job, Ari Wasserman and I bet that they wouldn't. Ari said they'd make the playoff within the next three years. I said they wouldn't. If they don't make it next year, I win. I'm going to win. But the the Lincoln Riley thing is amazing to me because, you know, as soon as Mullen sent out that tweet, I saw everybody say, oh, he's going to go to the NFL. Do we think an NFL team would want to hire him right now? Yeah, it, it, it certainly doesn't seem like he has some sort of parachute, you know, escape, escape plan. Uh, or if he does, he's being mighty coy about it by just tanking his own resume because this is just an – awful awful finish to to the 2023 season for a team that was top five top 10 or whatever they were preseason they were one of the college football you know playoff uh, picks for a lot of people i mean what a wet fart to end caleb williams's career it was awful they were terrible they they just looked uninspired they looked like they quit weeks ago and i just don't know i don't know what's going to happen there because uh, you saw Matt Leiner tweet, you, they have to get better on the lines of scrimmage, but they're, they're not doing anything in recruiting that's going to do that. Like no. nothing about the recruiting class suggests they're doing that. So they'll try to go in the portal and they can attract and we, people in the portal. We, we know there's awesome offensive and defensive linemen, just five stars all over the portal, Andy. <laughs> that's a lot of sarcasm in one sentence, Jesse. I mean, yeah. I mean, you tw- you had a tweet that was great, and it actually aged even better because of what we saw happen in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, but you know, the, the message board, the message oh, it's board, a gen- great night for I, I message mean, board geniuses. Yeah, yeah, message board geniuses is gonna. I mean, what happened with USC? What happened at Auburn? What happened with Miami? You put in Florida's galactic meltdown inside the final minute. I mean. Knock Tennessee, the Vols. Uh, the, uh, there, there are some message boards on fire tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, okay, this UCLA thing. I, I get the feeling that the UCLA stuff was, hey, 
we want to get in position because we want to hire Jonathan Smith or Jed Fish. Jed Fish. Jed Fish, by the way, whose Arizona team beat Utah 42 to 18. So, Five in a row. Yes. So I think that's where that was coming from. That was UCLA going, I don't know that Chip is going to recruit us a Big Ten type roster. And this will probably have to be done in a year or so. So we may be able to may, may as well do it now and get somebody who we think can get a better roster for us. Cause I I imagine some of those Southern California players who are playing really well for Arizona right now might just follow Jed Fish to UCLA. Uh no tampering required. They'd just be going home. Like they're from Orange County in LA County. They're gonna go home. Um Jonathan Smith would would also be a, a good hire there, although I think that the he that might not be the only Big Ten team interested in him because I think born Michigan in Pasadena. Might, right. But I think Michigan State might be interested too. So two two Big Ten, two traditional Big Ten powers, UCLA and Michigan State fighting it out. But that is it's just the icing on the cake. But the Lincoln Riley piece of it is so interesting to me, Jesse, because I don't think there's anywhere for him to go. He's stuck with this, and I'm a little worried about the trajectory now. I mean, how can you not be? This is a team that 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 just lacks all sorts of fundamentals, physicality, that's going to enter next season with uncertainty at quarterback, which, yeah, Lincoln Riley maybe can go get somebody out of the portal, but there doesn't seem to be a home run that's going to enter the portal that we know of. Uh, certainly not someone – with the talent capable requisite of Caleb Williams mm -hmm. and he couldn't even mask uh, the team's deficiencies. So I think they're looking at like a seven and five season in year one in the big 10. And I mean, they play a tough, tough schedule and Oh, by the way, they open with LSU. Let's not forget that. Okay. They may, uh, excuse me. They may go six and six then. <laughs> oh, is that, 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 that did it too. Yeah, that, 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 so six and six after this season, suddenly you're talking about Lincoln Riley, who was, you know, had the Hollywood uh, homecoming and, and this whole, you know, just he's going to take over L.A. literally 12 months ago. And we're talking maybe in 12 months forward being on the hot seat. That, I mean, that's an insane fall from grace. It, it is crazy. And obviously he's got such a big buyout because – we don't know what it is because USC is a private school, but we can reasonably assume that he's got an almost fully guaranteed contract. That his contract probably looks very similar to the one Brian Kelly has at LSU, negotiated by the same agent, by the way. So Andy, we've seen that house. Yeah, we, we've seen we the know house. It, we yeah. know it's fully guaranteed. Exactly. So there's nothing you can do about it if you're USC. You you better you got to sit him down if you're Jen Cohen, the new athletic director, and be like, listen. You need to hire a defensive coordinator who plays the correct size people, unlike Alex Wrench. And you also need to take a little tour. See if Kirby Smart will let you watch a practice. See if Nick Saban will let you watch a practice. And go, maybe I should practice like them because they're better at this than me. Maybe. I don't know. Who, who, who do, you, who do you, th you think he should go after Zach Arnett for D.C.? I think does that'd he, be a good he, one. Does he wait for Dave Aranda to get fired? I, I, I don't know that Baylor wants to pay that buyout. I don't know. Uh, it's another one that's a private school. You don't know what it is, but it's huge. It's we, big. 
it is big, and unfor- but unfortunately, Baylor keeps losing big each yeah. weekend. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Uh, Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Uh, While we're a subject of of angst and message board geniuses and rants and... Now, this, this will not result in anyone getting fired, but did it ever result in some message board posts? New Mexico State 31, Auburn 10. Auburn paid New Mexico State $1.85 million to come beat them. Oh, by the way, Jerry Kill apparently is Hugh Freeze's kryptonite because right before Hugh Freeze left Liberty last year, New Mexico State under Jerry Kill came in and put a whooping on him. Did you see what he said in his post-game presser when he said he told his team that they got 1-8 to, to beat the Tigers, and they said, can we get that money for NIL? <laughs> That's tremendous. They that wanted, is the, amazing. The Cowboys said, give us some of that NIL money. What I mean, Auburn had been playing great football, and I know New Mexico State is a solid team this year. Oh, but this was one of those. Games. Yeah, this was one of those. What in the world, you know? And now, and now you had predictably everybody tweeting, "Well, they'll they'll beat Alabama in the, in, in in the Iron Bowl next weekend." <laughs> I I, that, I bet they give I bet they give them a, at least a, a quarter and a half or a half. Like it, uh, yes, it's it's possible. But Diego Pavia, the the quarterback for the Lobos, just incredible. Uh, not the Lobos, the the Aggies. I'm sorry, that's insulting. How dare I? Look at that! Look at that logo on the New Mexico. I love that guy. I love that 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 the it's a cowboy. He's an Aggie. The Aggie is short for any sort of ag school. But you know he's got he's got his guns out, but they're they're held very close to his his sides. Oh, I've always loved that logo. Never thought I would actually put that logo in this show. Well, you know, well that's what happens when you go and and. You know, the Aggies punk, the Aggies of not Texas A&M, but the Aggies of New Mexico State punk an SEC offensive line. Auburn had as many penalty yards tonight, Andy, as they did rushing yards. 65. It was brutal. Absolutely brutal. While we're on the subject of brutal, Jesse, let's go to Iowa City. This this game was a was a killer for me because I was so sure the over was going to hit. And it, and at one point, it was so close. There was a third and seven. Iowa hands off to Caleb Johnson. If Illinois stops him, there's like a minute and a half left, and Iowa has to kick a field goal that would have made it 18-13, 31 points. The over was 30 and a half. But no, Caleb Johnson breaks through. Iowa wins it 15-13. Iowa is your Big Ten West champion. It will play the winner of Ohio State and Michigan and get destroyed by that winner. You know, Andy, I'm just happy that Brian Farron's got a Gatorade bath after his team scored 15 points, two of which, came via, two of which came via a safety. Yes. 
I mean, it is incredible. They have they they won the Big Ten West, Andy, and they scored more than twenty three points in in a in a Big Ten game once all season. The Michigan State once, yeah, yes. And we joked about the we had fun with the drive for three twenty five. Have to average twenty five points. They scored twenty six points in that game. It's the only time they scored twenty six points in a Big Ten game all season. I mean, this is, you know, Kirk Ferentz, you know. Which is good, you know, credited Phil Parker and that defense uh, that, you know, his defensive coordinator for delivering yet another, you know, spirited performance. But they can't keep getting away with this. And yet they do. Well, interestingly enough that, you know, they lost to a Nebraska team with an interim coach last year. That cost them the Big Ten West. They are going to the, the Big Ten title game. So they can they can breathe now. But Nebraska, which plays Iowa on Black Friday, needs this win to be bowl eligible because Nebraska lost to Wisconsin in overtime. Chubba Purdy could not lead the Cornhuskers to a win. Tanner Mordecai, coming back from injury, did lead the Badgers. And, and uh, Raylan Allen, back after being banged up, was, was very good. But yeah, the the uh, the, the bowl eligibles that were going on today very interesting. Wisconsin five and five. Wisconsin beat five and five. Nebraska, so they're in. Five and five. Georgia Tech beat five and five. Syracuse, so they're in. Needed so, that congratulations. one. Congratulations. Needed that one before you got to play the dogs. Uh, <laughs> Nebraska is now zero and three since rule went viral for that mm-hmm. like uh, locker room speech about you know treating each other with respect and, and that was a great speech but it's just man they've they've coughed up a couple i mean they should have beat maryland a week ago and that was a game they just kept turning the ball over again tonight was again they were they were winning the game and they let nebraska come or they let wisconsin claw back into it get it to overtime that's another that's another message board andy that that that's going to be having a rough sunday that's the thing there's so many different messages like we should just call these message board games there's so many of these. They don't affect the national title picture. They don't affect conference the title picture. Message board blues. Yeah. Here's one. The message board blues. Rutgers, Penn State. So Drew Aller gets hurt. Bo Perbula comes in. Penn State wins 27 to 6. Good job. That's fine. Your defense is great. I, I'm starting to think there's a thing there, though, because they didn't let Bo Perbula throw at all. One time. And it's like, remember when you had Will Levis? And you had decided he was the running quarterback? Well, guess what? Will Levis is a starting quarterback in the NFL right now because he went somewhere where they would allow him to throw. So perhaps you'll have a more dynamic offense if you let the guy who's good at running also throw. And this score, too, Andy. I mean, it's it's not actually indicative of, of what the game looked like. No. Penn State needed two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to put it away. Uh, their offense was still clunky. It, it, I mean, what I, what did I text you? I mean, this is like they, they really are. What did I say? They were like, a, you know, going to a steak steak. They're gonna finish ten. Like going to Ruth's Chris and ordering chicken. Exactly. Yeah, that's yes. what I texted you. It's just, it's like, what are we doing here? It's just a complete waste. Ten and two. You shrug your shoulders and you move on. It's just, and and this is why you lose to to Michigan and Ohio State because when you have somebody who like Perbula is a great runner. You know, you know what, and, and I realize that Penn State does not have receivers who are great at getting open, but do you know what makes receivers more open? The threat of a running quarterback. Like, 
he can actually probably improve your passing game by being a good runner. That that and just actively, you know, running concepts that that scheme guys open. You know, there are other teams that don't have dynamic yeah. receivers that can still find ways to get their playmakers the ball on the perimeter and in space. And Penn State for the last few seasons has struggled mightily in the in that regard. Well, I you know who else so is a good running quarterback th tonight was the kid that came in for Florida. Oh yes, yes, and we will talk about them in a second. But I I am going to go catch Penn State against Michigan State in Detroit on Friday because I'm going to Ohio State, Michigan. So I figure, why not? Let's see. I don't know if Aller. I, I doubt Aller will be back for that game on a short week. So maybe they maybe they build a game plan around Bo because. Honestly, it doesn't matter if you lose that game. Like, you're going to the same kind of bowl regardless. So, you're going to Orlando or Tampa. Like, maybe not. Maybe they go to New Year's Six Bowl, but probably Orlando or Tampa. Like, whether you win or lose, you're going to Orlando or Tampa. Just try something different. You might find you like it. And then have something you can do next year when you have to play against Ohio State. It's like an eight-year-old trying a new vegetable on Thanksgiving. Exactly. You might find out you like it. Exactly. All right, let us talk about Florida and Missouri and yet another message board game. And I think this is probably one that went both ways on the message boards because Missouri did not expect to be in this level of fight with Florida, especially after Florida starting quarterback Graham Mertz went down with what looked like probably a broken clavicle, something like that. Uh, and it was on a just an incredible run. It looked like a Tim Tebow run where he just smashes through two tacklers and gets a first down, and then he runs the next play, and he hands off, and you you could tell he's like, uh-oh, something's wrong, and and then they take him out. But it was, yeah. It, so Florida's winning 31-30 with, I don't know. Well, okay, well, before we get to that, the play before Florida kicks the field goal to go up 31-30, Trevor Etienne goes out of bounds. Doesn't run it, does, yeah. On, on a on a third down play. So that gives Missouri an extra 40 seconds. Guys, Coming out of gonna... a timeout, Andy. That's yes. the other thing. Billy Napier not... called a timeout to talk about the play. You're not going to believe how long Missouri's final drive was. If they hadn't had an extra 40 seconds, spoiler alert, they don't win. So, But Missouri converts a fourth and 17 over the middle. Luke. To Luther Burden. Yep. And then and then gets in position for a Harrison Mevis field goal. And we know what happens when the thicker kicker comes out. Stuff gets done. But Florida's defense was just Swiss cheesed those last three plays before the field goal. I mean, it it, it was such a gut, just a gutting, gutting loss for the Gators because this was not only would Billy Napier have had a little bit a proof of concept because the running game down two tackle you're down you're down mm -hmm. two starting tackles this is finally what gator fans thought the running game would look like all season trevor etn aside from his mistake at the end montrell johnson were just getting downhill running straight through the tigers you know this is a tigers defense that completely bottled up a really good tennessee running game a week earlier uh yep. Florida, you know, gets a really spirited performance. And it looks like, you know, they could pull off a top 10 win. You get bowl eligible. This is a team that's the youngest team in the SEC. They desperately need these 15 practices. And for them to just 
like you said, play Swiss cheese, picket fence defense at the end where you give up throws of 27, 11, and 12 to not even make the thicker kicker even have to think about kicking a tough field goal. I mean, that was a layup for him at the end because you just because Florida just laid down. This was this is going to be – I am fascinated to see what this game is in Gainesville next weekend because this is going to be one that's extremely hard to get off the mat. Well, and I think – I realized Florida beat Tennessee earlier in the season and played a very good game to do that. But I think the way they were playing up until the last 40 seconds of this one – was best, the best they played all season. All season. It was Agreed. and and the thing, the other part of it that you should be really happy about if you're if you're Florida is these guys haven't quit. Like they've looked, especially defensively, looked really bad these past few weeks. They have not quit. The young players keep coming, keep trying, and they had a really good team on the ropes on the road. But you have to be able to finish those off sometime, and you know. We can put that on coaching. I don't know if I, I am fairly certain that Billy Napier will be hiring an offensive coordinator to call plays instead of instead of Billy Napier next year. I'm fairly certain of that. I don't know if they'll change defensive coordinators, but I'm I'm guessing it's trending that way. That Austin Armstrong might just might just get the one year. But that's tough. That'd be the third third defensive coordinator in as many seasons for Florida fourth really you know you count in Grantham the year before fourth and four seasons that's that that's that's a lot of turnover and a lot of change and, and you know I'll be interested to see who Napier hires honestly Andy at OC because you know yeah. there's certainly some 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 rumblings that it could just be a staff promotion you know and and how much that go over really that, well exactly how much would that really change things so they need a lot. I mean, Florida needs to fix a lot because I, they need to, you know, he We're needs to hire losing, a true losing recruits too. That's that's the other the other right. problem is, you know, they've got to make sure they they keep their recruits. Now, one thing that could help them is beating Florida State in the swamp. That would that would be a big one. But that'd I, be a big one, yeah. I do think Florida State having a week to work with Tate Rodemaker and get him in the flow of things. Now, I will say Tate Rodemaker, by the way. Twice he's come in in a pretty dire situation and done well. He did it last year against Louisville on a Friday night, and then he did it again. Now, granted, that that was they, they were much better than the team they were playing, but in the, under those circumstances, down 13, you just lost Jordan Travis. I thought that was pretty impressive. But, you know, it's a big opportunity for Florida because they can get bowl eligible. Florida State, meanwhile, I don't know if they can beat Florida and Louisville. I just don't. With with Tate Rodemaker, we'll we'll see. He he beat Louisville last year, he did. But this is a different team. Yeah, and this was you know we didn't really talk about that game, but Louisville kind of overcame a a real scare from Miami tonight or this afternoon. They yeah they did not they did not play all that well. Jake Plummer honestly probably played one of his his better games. He came up with some big throws. Canes had some canes on canes crime that that kind of allowed the the, the go ahead touchdown where. Uh, Coleman was just wide open, fifty-eight yards down down the sidelines because two Miami players ran into each other. But yeah, that was, was a, a, that was a it was weird. It was a rub route where the offensive guy didn't touch anybody and let the defensive players just run into each other. I don't think I've ever seen that before, <laughs> but it worked. It and, did. and you can't you can't throw a flag on that. That's not that's not OP, OPI. No, no. And they uh, Louisville came up with a big stop again. Message board blues, Andy. Miami now 
they're looking at a potential six and six season. You know, Ooh. you got to beat Boston College to go six and six next next uh next week. That's that's not not great, not great year two under Mario and Van Dyke. Honestly, for his, you know he he came into this game with eight picks, I think, in his last yeah. three or four games, hadn't thrown a touchdown. He was not the problem tonight. That they just no, couldn't come uh, up with a timely stop. Van Dyke and Jack Plummer were were dueling out there. Jack Plummer ended up 24 37, 308 yards, three TDs and a pick. Tyler Van Dyke, 24 39, 327 yards and a TD. Like the two QBs were great. Uh Isaac Garendo for, for Louisville was fantastic. Jawar Jordan did not really get going. That that was one thing I thought, you know, Garendo was having such a good game. I thought they might just at, at some point just run it down their throats, but they haven't really needed to. They they have they figured it all out, and I just that was a great win for Louisville because they needed that. It puts them in the ACC championship game. That's first time what, ever. Yeah, yeah, and and Jeff Brom now the answer to a tri- uh, trivia question: the first coach to ever lead two different teams to two different conference title games in consecutive seasons. Put it on the sports Jeopardy. That's exactly right. No one's going to get that right in about five years, but I think Jeff Brom will have won an ACC title t- or two. In five years, oh. I think that's that's a program that oh. you're gonna have to worry about because this is just the beginning for them. Now I I realize a lot of it was a function of their schedule that they had a, a fairly easy schedule compared to some of the other teams in the league, but the fact that he cobbled this together this year and has has led them here is really impressive. Oh, by the way, another message board game, Jesse. Because who does Louisville play next week? They play the Kentucky Wildcats, I believe there, Andy. Yeah, I believe the message boards at Kentucky Sports Radio. Oh, boy. That's Good a thing tough Stoops one. has that contract. Yeah, he's not going anywhere, but, man, they are mad. They are mad. South Carolina was really shorthanded and still beat Kentucky. You know you know what this is? They're really Kentucky fans are obviously furious. But this does feel like a real missed opportunity for Stoops if he wanted to potentially uh, kind of be a hot candidate to kind of look and maybe get a change of scenery to level up and maybe go compete for a conference title at at a better job. And and you lose games like this and the shine is just kind of worn off. And this is – Kentucky's had a rough, rough season. This has not been what they thought they were going to get from Lee and Cohen and, and, you know – Devin Leary just I that his 2021 season sure seems like a major outlier when you look at the rest of his career, you know, yeah. the, the, the ensuing other years because he was incredible that season and has not looked nothing like that, you know, in the in the three seasons since. Let me ask you this, Jesse: If Mark Stoops' agent were to call Michigan State right now, do you think they would add him to the list of candidates? I I think they would I think they would say well. Uh, Sir, we'll put you on hold. Oh, don't call us. We'll call you. Um, we'll put you on hold. Man. I mean, don't you think they're, they're going to kick the tires on on Elko and mm-hmm. and Leopold before they before they go hard after a guy like. Well, Steve yeah, right but now. but the problem is Elko and Leopold might be Texas A&M candidates. And guess what? Texas A&M is a way better job than Michigan State. So you're you're right, you're right, but that still leaves one for the other. True. That's Although still I still 
I'm, that still I'm telling you, you don't, of, don't count out Jonathan Smith on that job. No, you're and, and again, that, but that's another candidate that looks, I think that's in a, that's in a better position currently than Mark Stoops is. I'll ask so you this, Andy, totally, oh, totally pivoting, pivoting to the kind of a different away from the message board blues to a trophy. What do you think of the Heisman tonight? I think Michael, Jane Daniels or, is still going to win it. Even if nobody watched him score eight touchdowns? Nobody was going to watch that game anyway. Georgia State's actually a pretty good Sunbelt team, but nobody was going to watch that game. Here's what's going to happen with the Heisman. Everybody's going to argue about whether it's Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix Jr. or Bo Nix. And then well, I think it's only between Bo Nix and Jaden. But the week of the game, or the week of the championship games, LSU will mount the offensive because they won't be playing. Bo will be playing, we assume. they got to beat Oregon State to make sure. But we're going to see blind resumes come out. Once the blind resumes come out, there is no competition. Jane Daniels is going to crush everyone. I, I, he's the best, he's been the most outstanding player. But then I, which I is do, what the award I, goes to, which is what, which is what this award's supposed to go to. Supposed to. Yeah, Doesn't I, always go to it. It's what it's supposed to. I, I'm, both, I'm telling you now, when they, when they hit these folks with the blind resumes, because you've got a lot of voters who, who don't pay attention. Who, who at the end of the season just to go, all right, well, who's got what? And then you, you just, they'll, they'll look up the one or two columns where you've got the, okay, quarter or, you know, player A, player B, and player C, who you got? Player whatever Jaden Daniels is, is the guy they'll pick. Bo Nix had 14 throws tonight over, over uh, 16 yards in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> In the first against, against Arizona State, I mean, just and and again, I agree with you. I think I've I've had Daniels atop my my Heisman ballot. You have as well. Um, he needed to 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 stat pad like he did tonight, and so good for him because it will help him in these blind resumes. So Brad says all the experts are also predicting Oregon will beat Washington in the Pac-12 championship game too. Don't do it, guys. No, Vegas is predicting that now, but. Vegas said that Oregon State would win tonight, and Washington did. So Vegas can be wrong too. But Vegas is absolutely predicting that that Oregon will beat them. Vegas had Vegas had Oregon as a six and a half point favorite in that game last week. I we may see it cinched down a little bit, but I don't know. I think that I think that I think around a round of touchdown is probably about right. Jesse, we did this last week. We didn't know Texas A&M was going to fire Jimbo. The decision apparently had already been made two days earlier. Clandestine. But then it happened and kaboom, all this other stuff blew up. What What's going to be the move that surprises us tomorrow or early this week? I mean, is are we going to get a, a, a Sunday sacking of, of Chip Kelly coming off an embarrassing you you got to wait till next week, school? right? You can't. This week, can you? By, by embarrassing USC, they decide no. We, we we need these nil dollars too much, Chip. We can't let you coach another win. I just we got to cool the Dante Moore smoke. That's a tough. That's a tough spot right there. That's a very tough spot if you're UCLA because you're. Here's the problem. What Texas A&M did was get everybody kind of hot and bothered and in line. Like everybody's got to get in line. These are the people we're, we're looking at as candidates. 
And then, so suddenly you have a sense of urgency about Jed Fish or about Jonathan Smith or whoever it is that you may, you may covet. But the thing is, if you beat Cal, I don't know. I mean, be eight and four. Like, is it really that bad? I, again, it, dep- it depends on what the fundraising fundraising levels are, Andy. Well, I, I, and, and, and it, that's I, the truth. I, that's the truth. I, and also, it depends on the recruiting. Like, Dante yeah. Moore was an recruit, but most of what US, UCLA has taken is out of the portal. Yeah, is out of the portal. I'll tell you this. I thought about midway through that Mississippi State game, we may see a Sunday sacking of the interim coach. We've lost Jesse. He's muted. I didn't even mute him. Can you hear so. me? That's all right. He's so surprised about what might happen at UCLA. His mic just cut out. But we have angry Washington fans in the chat who are mad that we are telling them factually what the betting lines are on a Washington-Oregon Pac-12 championship game. I'm I'm sorry. So, uh, oh, you guys can hear Jesse and I can't. That's that's what it is. Can you hear me, Andy? I can. There you go. There you are. What I was saying was I thought about halfway through the Mississippi State game, we may be seeing a sacking of the interim head coach. Because <laughs> if, if if they had lost to Southern Miss, uh, which was on the table for a little while there, that would have been just, yeah, yikes, yikes, yikes. I don't know. I mean, do you have a surprise one coming down the chute? Neil Brown won today. That was big. I think Neil Brown's good. I, yeah, I think Neil agreed. Brown's safe. Can, can Neil Brown win eight? That's the that's the question now. And and that's what we said at the beginning of the year. Oh, Neil Brown's going to have to win like eight. We're like, oh, that'll never happen. They're at Baylor. They can very easily win eight. And, and like you said, Baylor, they, they don't they don't really want to stomach that that buyout. So but again, where is it going? And I think that's that's the question with all these teams moving conferences. And I know Baylor's not moving conferences, but. I think everybody's looking at that and going, our conference is going to look different next year. How prepared are we for the conference we will be in for the, you know, the group of teams that we're going to be playing next year? Because if you're Baylor, if you're Mac Rhodes, you're looking at Utah coming in, Coach Prime in Colorado, you assume will be a little bit better. Uh, If Jed Fish stays at Arizona, they could be very good. And then, oh, by the way, Chris Kleiman, Still at K State. Mike Gundy keeps winning at Oklahoma State. You know, I, I would imagine TCU has a bounce back. I don't think they're I don't think this year was was representative. So like if you were if you're Mac Rhodes, what do you do? I think I mean I personally I think that it's trending in the wrong direction. You know, the the, the, the again, we're talking about outlier seasons from Devin Leary and, and some other. What what Aranda did in 21 just seems like a completely outlier yes. season. Their recruiting also is going backwards. They're, you know, they tried to patchwork some stuff in the transfer portal this season. That didn't work. The staff changes, both offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, have not worked. Um, that'll that's gonna you and I both know like if that if Baylor's opening open, that will be a very attractive job. Right. That job pays very well. It pays very well, and if the right candidate or right person is in that job, in this new look Big Twelve, they could win fast. Yeah, 
So yeah. you got to get it right. Who would, get, who would Baylor get this better than Aranda? Well, I think you can do better than they're doing now. And look, you know, they aren't far removed from being very good. Now they had to fire Art Bryles for off the field reasons, but a person can come in there and win. Yeah. How about, uh, yo, I, I didn't see that guy's name, but what if Jeff trailer doesn't get Texas A&M? Right. Exactly. He would be a, he'd be a great hire for Baylor. Exactly. GJ Kenny. Don't look at the score from today. Has Butch Jones, like, has anybody ever had a, had a weirder season than Butch Jones this year? Because they, they lost to Oklahoma and Memphis, and now they're one six out of nine or something. Exactly. That's the strangest thing. Like, and they they can beat Marshall. I'll tell you another another candidate that that would be ahead of Stoops. By the way, we're Michigan not saying State. Butch Jones is a candidate for anything. It's just that he no. lost seventy three nothing to open the season and won right. seventy seven to thirty one today. He he was not on the candidate. He was on the was going to get fired. Yeah. Uh, another guy, Dave Doran, just keeps winning. Mm-hmm. His quarterback just was like, I'm going to red shirt. It's like, okay, we'll just keep winning. We'll That's just, fine. We'll beat, Virgi- we'll beat Virginia Tech. Yeah, another another win. Getting eight and three could go nine and three. Yeah, yeah, because the, they've now won two games without since MJ Morris decided to red shirt. They've got North Carolina. They could beat North Carolina next week. Yeah, North Carolina is not very good. So North Carolina's not very good. Mac Brown said he's coming back another year, so that's not going to be one of your surprises. But we'll see. I I suspect tomorrow could be action packed, just like last Sunday was. Guess we need to go to bed and find out. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.